Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society podcast, where we are kicking the culture to the curb and embracing real talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what, you are welcome here. So put your differences aside, pull up a chair, and let's talk about the kind of love he taught us. Okay, so here is a tribute to Second Chances. So for those of you, I think there's at least 30 of you who have already listened to the first version of this episode, and my sincerest apologies for not doing my job right. I had edited that part out, but then somehow I messed up. I don't know what happened, but it happened, and there is was or was like 15-ish minutes of just stuff that was supposed to be edited. We didn't think that'd be part of the episode, so that's my fault, and I apologize, and I hope that it was at least semi-entertaining to hear us behind the scenes I am so grateful for this chance to learn to love myself through a big mistake that I made and to just clean it up and fix it and just be giving myself all the grace and compassion even though I made a mistake. So if you already listened to that, I apologize. If you haven't yet, then you're welcome. You don't have to hear a bunch of random crap we were talking about in the background because we thought it would be edited out. So round two of episode 32 the Beginner's Guide to Difficult Relationships. I hope you enjoy. Okay, friends, we are so happy to have Miss Minda Pacheco on the mic. She is one of my favorite humans on this earth. She's basically my adopted big sister. But the real important part you need to know is that she's a certified life coach and a relationship expert. She spent her entire 20s and 30s trying to change other people. But in the end, <laughs> she was miserable and she needed a nap. So in 2015, she hired a life coach, and that's when the magic happened. The magic of changing her thoughts and creating the relationship she's always wanted. So life is beautiful when we learn to love and accept other people, especially the difficult ones. And Minda's here to show us how. So, Miss Minda, first okay. of all, hey. I love you. Hey, hey. Aww. I just love you. There's that. You. But then, oh, she's just, guys, literally, she is the best. She's this itty-bitty little package of fun and amazingness and talent and I mean this woman can cook and design and coach and just all the things Ooh, she does all the oh things gosh I know she really is the best human okay so tell us about your journey into life coaching and then kind of what made you want to pursue the particular niche that you focus on okay here we go um so when I was 17 I got my patriarchal blessing and I was super excited about it and the patriarch said, you will be in the teaching profession. And I thought, oh. okay, so cool, I'm going to graduate cool. from like high that. school. And I started in my elementary education um, program. And it took me about, I don't know, two weeks to decide this is not for me. I don't even like kids. So yeah. just kidding. Yeah. That's I a problem. I like kids, <laughs> but I don't want to teach them all day long. So I just was like, this is not a fit. So I did like I I took a few classes and I realized like we this isn't this isn't gonna work. I took a design class and I just loved every second of it. And so I um, got a design degree and I pursued that uh, for about twenty years. Oh. And um, so in about in two thousand seventeen, I was actually chaperoning a dance for a bunch of kids, a, a bunch of youth. And I started talking to one of the other um, women there that I knew. Her name is Andy. And 
she and I started talking about our hard, the hard people in our lives. She had a sister-in-law that she was struggling with. And I'm like, oh, girl, I hear you. My mother-in-law is just rough. It's rough. <laughs> and we were commiserating. And she said, do you know who Jody Morris? Have you ever heard of a podcast called Bold New Mom? Because that's what it was called back in the day. And I said, I don't even know what podcasts are, but tell me. I'm willing to listen to anything that's going to help me feel better. So uh, she told me about that. Yeah, she told me about this podcast. And she said, uh, you know, number five is really good. It's this one about how to deal with difficult people. And so I just knew I just knew I needed to go listen to it. And so I did I was at the gym the next day. And I turned on the podcast. And I, oh my gosh, I had I, I, I was doing that, like, but you know, the thigh machine, I, it's like the, <laughs> the, the whole yeah. world stopped. Yeah, I'm and really I, familiar with the thigh machine, thigh machine. Yeah. yeah why is there yeah, only women on that machine it. too non-stop <laughs> like dudes um, don't yeah, need thighs that's a good yeah. point you know what? it's suzanne summer's fault you guys don't even know it who is. she is do you <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah you're too young no uh, of but anyway like <laughs> I, like time stopped and i learned these things that i was like are you kidding me right now like are you kidding me so I learned things like, um, I was blaming her for everything, all my problems. I was like, she's such a victim. And what I realized is I was a victim because do you know how many times I told people my mother-in-law didn't love me? And people were like, you, how could she not love you? And I said, I know, I don't understand it. I don't know why she wouldn't love me. I'm so lovable. And so I decided like, okay, I'm a victim. Holy crap. Began that journey of accepting all of my strengths and my weaknesses. I was really good with accepting my strengths, like super good at that. But accepting those shadows, those dark parts of me that are kind of ugly and I want to hide. Nope, hadn't done that work. And so that really stung when people told me what she was saying about me. And it was true. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm handing my power over to literally the least capable person who is like, <laughs> who can handle it the least capable person of handling all of my emotions. I'm just like handing them over to her. And I, I decided right there. And then I was like, game over. This game is over. I'm going to do like, I've got some work to do. It's time for me to buckle down. It's time to look at some of my, my weaknesses and my insecurities. And I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I, I'm going to do this. So I got some help. I hired a coach. I, you know, what's funny is, at that time, I had really put up a boundary with my mother-in-law. And I say that very loosely because now I know what boundaries really are. <laughs> and what I had really done with her is just cut her out of my life. Um, and it felt really good at the time because then I didn't have to deal with it. But then she moved to Arizona. She moved right around the corner. And I realized that, you know, we're going to be together, you know, in family settings and functions. And my kids, you know, you're getting married and baptized and all the things. And and also, she's still occupying quite a bit of my brain space, even though I've cut her out of my life. So let's figure this out. I just remember really having a desire to figure out this relationship with her. And, and so I did. I did. And I will share an experience. So when my son was getting married, I was fasting one Sunday. <laughs> And you know what? I just need to wear a shirt that says, excuse me for what I say when I'm fasting, because it's not yeah. good. I just kind of <laughs> sure. lose access we all, we to all my brilliance when I'm fasting. <laughs> That's a great um, way to but it. I just remember I was 
ranting on the way home from church. It was just Todd and I, my husband and I in the car. My kids weren't there for some reason. And I was just ranting, like, why does your mom get to come to this wedding? Like, it's just not fair. She shouldn't be invited to this wedding. It's going to be such a, it would be so much easier if she just wasn't there. Why does she have to come? And I knew inside myself that I was being ridiculous and immature. And so I just went ahead and put myself in timeout because I knew I was going to offend everyone if I didn't. <laughs> so I went upstairs. I sat in a chair. I picked up this book I'd been reading actually about, it's called The Mother-in-Law Dance. It's just like, I'm trying to get some help here. And for the first time, I was given the gift of feeling just a little bit of gratitude for her. It didn't come from me. I can promise you that I wasn't capable of it, but I was given the gift of a little bit of gratitude for her because the spirit taught me your mother-in-law has been a great teacher for you. She's taught you what not to do. And because of that, this girl that your son is marrying and you are going to have a great relationship. Most mother-in-laws do not know how to show up in a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. That is, that is what my experience has been. And because of this, and because you have been praying for her since she, you know, before you even knew her, and because you're so committed to having a great relationship with her, you will. And it's going to be a blessing to you for the rest of your life because you don't have daughters. And so your boys are going to marry these girls and you're going to love them. And I felt such overwhelming gratitude for her in that moment that I began to have some wiggle room to start learning how to forgive her and how to let all of this go. Because at this point, it had been over 20 years of me having these thoughts that mm. she's all the things, you know, and that she doesn't like me. She's been unsupportive. My husband and her had a very codependent relationship. So that totally put a, you know, an extra uh, layer yeah. of icing on that cake. So it was really difficult. But so I, so I was able to really do some really, really good work um, in that relationship. And then I remember, again, I'm at the gym listening to a podcast and it's Jody Moore interviewing Brooke Castillo and Jody said Brooke and I are in the teaching profession <sighs> and I yes. stopped like <laughs> in my tracks and I Full was stop. like oh my gosh this is what this is it I knew it like it was undeniable I, I knew it and I thought okay maybe when I'm 70 and I have it all pulled together I'll be a life coach that'll be amazing <laughs> and you know one thing led to another and the spirit just taught me no now's the time so I pulled every penny I had together and I went to the life coach school in 2019 and I certified and I absolutely loved every second of it. And I, this is my niche because I'm so passionate about um, the women that we're related to our moms, our mother-in-laws, our sisters-in-law, our sisters, like these are relationships that can be so beautiful and so amazing if we let them and they can be our greatest teacher if we allow them to. Um, the best story and I love it. Listen, I don't think there's a single person who doesn't have some annoying person in their life, right? Like everybody has yeah. people that they're like, uh, yeah. about a everybody, bit. everybody that is true. So isn't it so interesting to you, to me, as you said that you, you focused on like the feminine relationships and it's always maybe because they have the potential for the, the greatest depth. But they mm -hmm. are always the controversial ones. I mean, of mm -hmm. course, husband and wife, and that can be a really tricky like relationship. But like, there's so there's so much depth and beauty to those relationships that they're the hard ones sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's the hardest true. and the most rewarding. Yeah, yes, for sure. 
I, I, totally. I can't tell you how much I love this girl that my son's married to. Like she and I, I mean, I don't even know how she feels about me. It doesn't matter. I love her so <laughs> deeply. I love her as much as I love my own kids. I really genuinely do. Oh, and yeah. it's just, it's amazing. Well, yeah, it's I have so three cool. boys, so I like hearing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can happen. What's well, cool too, because I had a, I've, I've had a lot of breakthroughs with my own. I mean, she's still like a mother-in-law, even though heck, like legally we're not connected in that way, but well, she's, she's still, your like, grandma's grandma, kids. right? Yeah. Like we still have a relationship. Right. And, and yeah. it's been so amazing as, I mean, there was a lot of breakthroughs I had even while we were still married, but mm-hmm. walking away from that relationship and rebuilding what is like our new relationships now with, you know, his family has been pretty mind blowing. And I realized that even the times that I thought that I was mad at them for like not pushing him to be nicer to me or like not, you know, not somehow changing him. I wasn't Mm -hmm. really mad at them. I was mad at me for not standing up to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not their job. job. No. And it is just, I mean, we already like built a lot better relationship and it just has softened my heart even more to like, of course, they're not going to do anything about that. Like, it was silly of me to even expect them to, and I could forgive them and forgive me for having really silly expectations. She has actually had some really tender moments talking about how my daughter has been very healing for her because she lost her youngest daughter to suicide. And there's so much of my daughter that reminds her of her daughter. And it's been really powerful to see that and to like, see my cute little spunky baby girl be such a healing light to so many people around her and that no matter how different me and my in-laws might be in certain ways or whatever different belief systems that we all have this common ground of loving the crap out of these kids and that's what really matters and so and then has actually taught me a lot about that and has helped me a lot with navigating a lot of these relationships so I'm really grateful for that so Minda how would you say your life is different now that you have learned these things Honestly, it feels like I've taken a hundred pound like weight off my chest. It really does. Like the biggest difference is that I, I have no expectations, none. Like I just allow people. Okay. I'm not a robot. I'm a human being. Right. But but for the most part, I stay in the space of, I allow people to do whatever they want and I have no expectations of them. And therefore I'm never disappointed. And it feels so good to not be in that space of disappointment. And I, I really, it's so, it's so cool because really the reason why we want to do this work is because we get to feel better. It has nothing to do with the other person. I was holding on to so much judgment and so much animosity and so much like just negative emotion around this relationship, specifically with my mother-in-law. And it was just tearing me up. It was really affecting me deeply. She she didn't know how I was feeling. She could she wasn't feeling that, right? She gets to feel however she feels based on what she's thinking about me. That's none of my business. The reality is I get to feel love for her. And and I wanna say like we definitely baby stepped it to to love. Like I first I remember I would just sit in a chair and look at a picture of her and just stare at the picture and and over and over in my mind I'm like it's just a woman. It's just a, it's just a person. It's just my husband's mom. I, I had to do that kind of rewiring because I had those kinds of deep neural pathways formed in my brain about my feelings towards her. But the more I just gave that some wiggle room and the more I unwound it and the more I really, I mean, called on 
the divine to help me because God is absolutely involved in these relationships and he wants us to have good relationships with people. But yeah, I just, now I get to feel love for her. And, and you know, what's interesting is we each have to decide how we want to define success in each individual relationship because success for her and I is not hanging out all the time and going to lunch and going shopping and, you know, talking about all of our deepest desires. We don't do that. But when I see her and when I am around her, I feel love towards her. And that feels like so much success for me. I think that's a really valid point that like you get to define what success looks like for you. Because I remember even trying to, I mean, my mom and my grandma have had a really tough relationship and I have tried to do my best to like show up in love for them and just kind of encourage some, you know, and I remember one time I told them like, listen, you don't have to show up in matching sweaters. Just like be civil to each other Christmas party. <laughs> like for step one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The one option is matching sweaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 well, that's when true, ba- that's what true boundaries are. And also just that like, it gives grace to like not feeling like that, well, this is what the relationship should look like if it's the proper mother-in-law, right. you know, daughter-in-law right. relationship, which right. it gives grace to both of you. That's, That's a really right. good point, Julie. It allows so much creation to be whatever works for you too. And, and thinking that, and I think that goes back to the expectation, thinking there's like a certain way to do it is another expectation and can, can create disappointment. And I love you said, like you get to decide how you feel and you can have so much love for that person. Even like you said, it doesn't matter how she feels back because you're controlling what, what you can do. And what you can do Mm -hmm. is how you feel about her. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure she loves you because you're just amazing. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I have my, my husband has a mom and five sisters. He has no brothers. And, and you know what? I, I genuinely don't know how they feel about me, but like, I, I just love all of them. I just, I really do. I just see them as these people that are trying their very best. And I just, and I love them and it feels so good to love them. It feels so good. Yeah. When I think it just keeps you in your lane, right. Of like, I'm worrying about how I feel about them. Cause we have all spent and wasted so many hours worrying about how people feel about us when yeah. we're not often going to know yeah. anyway. And then on top of that, like, we just, it's just so much wasted energy. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I do know how one of them feels about me. She sent me a text. (laughs) Oh, okay, Felicia. I mean, well, no, because this is, this is a family friendly show. Oh, um, she's not, she's not a fan. I'm just going to say she's not a fan, but you know, what's so cool is I read the text. I was a little bit stunned. I showed my husband and then I was just like, oh my gosh, I love her. Like, this is how she feels about herself. This has nothing to do with me. And I just love her. Moving on, what's for dinner? But, I mean, you had to work to get to that place. Like, I don't want anyone oh, listening oh, feeling like, oh, oh that's not oh, possible, oh, right? Like, oh, no, so that much took work. work. So, so much, much work. work. Yeah, and we're yes. going to get into that. Yeah, that so was much one thing work. You, that's one thing you were saying is, like, you realized that it was what you were thinking about yourself. So, like, how do we recognize that that's what mm. we're doing? And then how do we take that ownership? Because... I'm just like, I, we adopted a child in our family. So he's my nephew and it's my husband's sister child, sister's child. So you can imagine the uh, sheer uh, ugliness of like two years Mm. of my life that still continues to the day, but just even that, because we adopted him through the foster care system. 
So there was so much pain and anguish on everyone's part. And then a lot of really nasty things that were said, you know, um, and just so much pain, but I'm thinking, and I was able to give her a lot of grace, just knowing that she's like an addict. And there was like a lot of things that like, I know weren't from her, but maybe even just for people listening and like, I still carry, like, you're still hurt, but I don't necessarily so I feel like I'm protective of myself, but like, so we don't get too close. Our relationship has like definitely morphed. I don't have like a really like closeness with her, but I do have grace for her. So I think that that's like an mm-hmm. awesome yeah, thing. landing. But like, spot, how do we sure. see that? How do we see that? Cause that's what I've noticed with my husband is I always take out all my insecurities on him. I'm like, this house is filthy. You never clean. And I'm like, hold on. This is <laughs> literally verbatim how yeah. I feel right now yeah. inside my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. Realizing that when people say things to us, it really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with how they feel about them is a starting point. And then the other work that I've done to get to that place is I really uncovered my shadows. And when I say that, I mean the deep, dark, ugly crap that is like scary about myself that I did not ever want to look at. I mean, I got out a journal, a notebook and a pen, and I just took some, it it, it was a long process. And I just really came um, to see who I am in all of my weaknesses. I mean, I am selfish and I am lazy to the core. And like these, these parts of me that I actually felt a lot of shame around it because when I was younger, my older sister was the, like, she would, you know, she was the pleaser and and my parents called me lazy. And they even told my husband when I was marrying him, you know, she's lazy. So I have lazy shame. Right. And so I, I just really came to own those things about me that I hate, that I hated in the past. And what does it mean if I'm selfish and lazy? Like, what does that even mean? And is that a, is that a bad thing? Do we all have these shadows? Like we're, we're way more, we're way more um, dangerous to other people and ourselves. If we don't know what we're capable of, if we don't understand these shadows, if we don't do this work, then if we know it and we own it and we try to then work on it, if we choose to, and we just like, when, when people call me out on things, I'm usually like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Satan also has so much more power in secrets and shadows. Like I've been a huge component of like, just tell your truth, whatever it is. Totally agree with you. He has so much power and so much more control over us. Yeah. In just and keeping I don't, us I don't in that want, place. Yeah. I don't want to sugarcoat this. It is really difficult work. It's, yeah. you're going to resist it. It's not easy to do, but you can also ask the people closest to you that you trust that, you know, c- can hold space for you. Like, what do they see in you? Maybe some of your weaknesses, if, if you don't know, if you don't have a starting point. Um, but it is the very best work we can do. And then learning to accept all of that. Oh, my gosh, like, fire. Like, you're unstoppable. Once you accept your weaknesses and your strengths and you can love all of it, unstoppable. I love that. I love that, too. When you finally realize that like that's all part of the plan the part of the plan was yeah. for you to have ugly parts right yeah, like that's because right. otherwise we're not mastering anything we're not learning we're not learning heaven right we're not learning to become more like gods if we can't see those ugly portions of us and go like oh geez mm-hmm. yeah and all humans mm-hmm. are capable of all amount ima- all amounts of like monstrosities you know we're exactly. all capable of those things and when we come together understanding that like hey guess what we're all super mm-hmm. flawed and there is a lot of really mm-hmm. shadowy parts to us. Cause I've even felt mm-hmm. a lot of shame over things that have 
like that I was victim to. And when I realized mm-hmm. that, like, I, oh my gosh, everyone has something. Somebody else has had, that's, that's in your history too. Oh, I'm not that weird. Oh, I'm not bad. Like, oh, this is all part of our human experience. We all have. And that's when we connect and we start realizing, oh, we're in this together. Like we're all giant mess balls just trying to roll down a hill and uncover, you know, good parts of ourselves and become better at some of the bad things. And yeah, yeah, yeah I really, really. Yeah. And, that and when we're confident with who we are, we can go first. We can be the one that's like, oh, yeah, this is this is me. And everyone else is so refreshed by it. Yes. And, and they'll and they'll start talking about, you know, their weaknesses. And then then that's where we can connect. That's where we have connection is through our weaknesses, not through our strengths. Yeah, that's true. There's a because I like to bring things back to Harry Potter. Hmm. <laughs> always, <laughs> always and forever. But we just were rewatching some of them with my kiddos. And I think it's in, it's in five or six. But Sirius is telling Harry about like the world isn't divided into like good people and death eaters we all have light and dark in each of us. And it's like what we focus on, which is just another version of, there's lots of quotes like which wolf you feed. And there's lots of things to that effect, but because I'm a Potterhead to my core, that really spoke to me, you know, that there's light and darkness in all of us. And what am I feeding? Am I feeding the light? Or am I feeding the dark? And that's so important in regards to looking at other people is that to not see them as they're just, oh, they're just death eaters. Like I've joked about climbing my ex be like, he who must not be named, you know, and whatever. And it's like, but I know that's a joke, but looking at him in that way is like, he's all darkness. He's all bad. He's all whatever. He's not. And I can name 10 things for you right now that he's great at and that there's good things about him because we're in a different place and our growth and development doesn't make him less than me. It doesn't make him a bad person. It doesn't make him Voldemort. Like it doesn't mean those things. And so it's been helpful for me as I also try to look at how I see other people too. Amanda, this is all just freaking phenomenal. And tell us more about how these experiences brought you closer to Christ. All right. Well, me and Jesus are tight. I just, I just want to say that because of all this, because you know, it's not just my mother-in-law, honestly, like I have a really difficult relationship with my own mother. She has some challenges that uh, made it really hard to connect with her throughout my life. Um, I also have adopted a a little guy from foster care and he has reactive attachment disorder and it has been, we are (laughs) friends. You want to cry. Yep. Um, and so I've had many, many challenges with him, that sweet boy. He's 16 now. And I have learned he's been one of my very greatest teachers. He is so dear to me and he lives with my sister right now because it just got a lot uh, too much for us um, to be in the same home together. But another story for another time. It's a good one. You know, really cool things have happened. I know that as I've desired to learn and to understand what do these difficult relationships mean, you know, God and, and he's, he's just so generous. People show up exactly when they need to, Um, you know, when we're seeking to understand we, it it shows up in our life. It's, it's just, it's magic. It's been, it's been that like that my entire life. I remember a really cool, this really cool experience I had. I used to cycle for miles. I used to be an avid cyclist and a road bike, um, road cyclist. And I won one, and I would usually listen to a book on tape or or tape, please audible. (laughs) How long am I? I am old, but I'm not that old. (laughs) 
listened to a book on Audible. Uh-huh. Um, my phone died one day, and I had like 20 miles left to go. And so I'm like, okay, it's me and my thoughts today. That's cool. And um, I remember thinking, you know what? I just, I really, Jesus, I, I really have a desire to learn how to love this woman. It's not going to be easy. I don't know how to do this on my own. This is beyond my own capacity because I have been very wounded um, for years and years and years. Um, there's been a lot, it's come between my marriage at points. Like it, it has been a very, very difficult relationship, but I think I can learn how to love her and I want to learn how to love her, but I'm going to need some help. And I had this really distinct thought and it was, and, and, it, and it was this really beautiful um, impression. And, and, and basically it was Minda, if, if your mother-in-law could love you, she would, if she had the capability awesome. of loving you, she would, because you are a hundred percent lovable, but she can't. And you can, you can love her and you can love you. And that's what this process is going to do. This is going to show you how to love you and how to love her. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there the entire time. And I pretty much just cried for the next 20 miles. I just felt so aligned. Like this is who I want to be. And I am so human and I'm so fallible. And I have all of these human insecurities and but together we can totally do this. This is, this is a hundred percent doable with the two of us. And I said, you know what I would like, I'd like you, and I'm talking to Jesus here. I'd like you to create an opportunity for me to heal this relationship. If you could do that, like I, and I, there's no timeline. I don't know what it looks like. Like maybe we could run into each other at Walmart and I could just extend an olive branch to her. I don't know what it looks like, but if you could help me with that, I would really appreciate it. And I'm invested in this relationship um, with the three of us. And so, you know, what was so interesting about two weeks later, my husband came home and he said, Hey, my mom broke her wrist and she is in the hospital and I'm going to go give her a blessing. Do you want to come? And I said, yes, I do. Yep. <laughs> and my brain, my lower brain started going bananas. Like, no, you don't, you don't want to go. Like this is because this could be dangerous. You know, all the things that happen when we need to protect ourselves from danger. And I kept, I just, I was soothing my Lord. I'm like, nope, this is what I asked for. This is exactly what I want. I can do this. I got Jesus on my side. This is not a problem. And my husband said, I'm going to call our our oldest son, Brody. And I'm going to see if he wants to come with me and help me give her a blessing. I said, okay, perfect. And our younger son, Adam came with, with me. And so next thing I knew my whole family was in this hospital room with my mother-in-law and my husband and my oldest son gave her a blessing and it was all about healing. And I knew the blessing had nothing to do with her arm and, and everything to do with my heart. And it was so transformative. It was so special. It was so a gift. And that's what, like, that's what Jesus does. He meets us where we are. Like, we're going to need to put in some work. We're going to need to put in some, some serious effort. We're going to need to do really uncomfortable things sometimes. But this is who Jesus is. He meets us exactly where we are and, and matches our efforts a hundredfold. And I, like, 
that was it for me. Like that was such, that was the game changer for me. That's when I really felt love, genuine love for her for the first time. And it hasn't gone away. That was amazing. Minda, you are incredible. I'm just thinking like, so hard. Anyway, um, why do you feel like it matters for us then? Like, why is this part of God's plan and part of what we're supposed to be doing to like have difficult relationships and difficult people? Well, you know what his most brilliant plan is, in my opinion, is families. Like putting people together who, I, I mean, first of all, sometimes I look at my husband and, I'm, and I and I just, I love him. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're meant to be together. We are so in sync. Like, this is the perfect plan. And then sometimes I look at him and I'm like, am I being punked? This is <laughs> the worst idea ever. Uh, like, marriage is a joke. Yeah. I always it, laugh. I thought like, this was a good idea. I always laugh. <laughs> I think, of course, God chose us to have to be married to men. <laughs> like, the antithesis of us and the best idea (laughs) and then and then as if that's not complicated enough let's throw in some little people let's throw in some children and let's throw in sisters and in-laws and like right and it's a beautiful plan because these are the people that like we're not going to get away i mean we're not going to get away from them i mean sure we could take drastic measures but the people that we get to to be there are in our circle where we live with them. Like this is the perfect opportunity for them to hold a mirror up to all of our weaknesses. And for us to decide, am I going to develop the skill to tolerate my, like humanity and their humanity while we try to figure this out together? Right. Or am I just going to resist it? Yeah. And so like, there's no better way. It's really learning how to love difficult people is the vehicle to really grow up. That's what it is. It's yeah. it, like, are we going to take this opportunity? Do we want this opportunity? Like, are you ready to go next level? Then love the difficult people in your life. Because in doing so, you're going to get to like, understand all of your weaknesses on a level that is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it's going to get really, it's going to get really good. Yeah. Marriage is, I always say is the refiner's fire. You're, you're just in it oh. and it's this pressure cooker, but like the beauty and the joy that can come from that, like, there's a reason that we're supposed to be with men. Oh, because I've got some great girlfriends that we would have a great time just hanging out. For <laughs> like, I mean, if I went girl, that way, if I this. went that way, I could live happily ever yeah. after. No like, problem. Okay, I get yep. it. I get what we need, and I think in some ways that's something I've learned about me and my children as well. I'm like, we are. I'm the antithesis. I'm your, I'm your antagonism to your protagonist story then I think, well, that's why, like part of us is growing and growing up and and learning to shed off what we've learned from our parents and forgiveness and the growth. And like, I'm like, listen, kid, I get it. I'm your antagonism. And sooner or later, you will be a beautiful adult human because of the work you've had to do from what I gave you. (laughs) Yep, Exactly. Exactly. And that's just it is. It's not like our parents are here to teach us. We're here to teach each other. We came into this beautiful existence, into this beautiful plan called families, because we have equal amounts to learn from each other. And so are we going to go, you know, like every day is a classroom. Are you going to show up for school? That's your, that's our, are you going to, are you going to go to school or not? Especially how smart these kids are now. Like the kids are just so 
no, they're so put together in some ways. I'm like, wow, okay, thanks, Frank. Yeah, my 13 year old. Wow, you really nailed that. I know. And then you throw autism in the mix, and there's like brilliance and exactness and literalness that, like, like today, I said, hey, dude, you can have some of this. You know, he wanted to watch a certain show, and I'm like, yeah, at lunch, he's all when later. Cause I said, well, yeah, we can watch it later. Just kind of dismissing him a little bit, like watch it later. And he's like, well, when is later? I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. how about mm-hmm. after lunch? Okay. You can't say after lunch to a kid on the spectrum. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. okay, mom, I'm hungry. at like at 10 30, right. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, okay. So like help get some food. And then he's like, well, I ate lunch. So excuse me. It's time it's for later. Show. Like, yeah, it's later. <laughs> and that's when lunch. you just scream, listen, little fetcher. <laughs> listen listen okay, Lisa, Linda. freaking tv it was great i just laughed out loud because i was like yep i set myself up for that one you i could have said a specific time you got me homie you're right it is after <laughs> lunch now you ate some lunch so you win you win this time friend i will know better for next time but yeah kids are smart and they are they really are like such a gift for us. There's so many things that my kids have taught me that, man, I had no idea I needed to learn, but the better I get at it, the more I see it as a gift and not just like, oh, you guys are the worst, you know, it is helpful. And I wanted to say too, that I have firsthand experience with cutting someone off. And I was so fed up with my mom and I wrote her this letter and I felt so justified and everybody around me was like, yeah, She's toxic. You need to cut her out. And I mean, I had, what I'm learning about myself is that I am extremely persuasive because I am very smart and I make really good points. And so that can be used in lots of ways. And when I, you know, am hell bent on this is what I'm going to do. I'm really good at getting people on my side because I'm very persuasive. So of course I got everyone around me to be like, well, yeah, that sounds like a very healthy idea, Andy. You need to cut her out. And I wrote this long letter saying how I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And Amazing. I don't remember how long that was, but it was at least several months and it was extremely painful. Yeah, I got no peace. I got no respite in my mind. Like no- nothing changed. It just made things worse. And I remember thinking to myself, because my mom and my grandma, like I said, have been, had this had really tough relationship for years. And I remember thinking, do you really want to be like them? Mm. And I thought, no, I, I, I can't do this. And I talked to her. I apologize. We are still working on it and we've made great strengths and strides. And, you know, it's a constant learning and growing opportunity. And it's, I've made a lot of progress, especially as I've learned to love myself more. I have so much more grace for my mom. And then I even remember when my daughter was in the hospital fighting for her life and I had this prompting to, um, to write to both my mom and my grandma. And I wrote them about how now that I understand what it's like to have a child and have a daughter, especially, I can't fathom cutting her out of my life. I can't fathom not having that relationship. And that as I'm facing the reality that I might lose her and that I don't know if I will or not, that from the depths of my soul, I was asking them and inviting them to put their differences aside and to grow in love towards each other. Neither one of them said a word about that letter, but it's been interesting actually the past like year or so they have started talking to each other more and kind of working on that relationship. My grandma's 90 next month. So it's never too late is my point. And also 
never too late. And also that cutting people out, that should be like the very, very last option you explore. And I don't think it's a very common practice because there just is so much that can be done before that happens. And it, it brought me no peace. So here's what I'm wondering, Minda. So like, what do you do if you're dealing with someone that like, you said there was so much pain over this 20 years, but like, what do you do if someone really has hurt you? I mean, how do you get past mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about cutting them out because that doesn't even exist. And we know that because Annie, you just said you like physically cut her out, but she, she have like ruled your thoughts. We can't really cut them out. Yeah. And so there's that. And then, you know, I, I hear the word toxic thrown around a lot. And it's just yeah, kind it's, of a general word we use for people that are mm-hmm. unhealthy. But the reality is, is like toxic is poisonous and people are not poisonous, right? People are not. And so, you know what toxic people really are? They're people that are hurting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so are we, right? And when you yes. get two people that are hurting, then, you, you know, are, we, we butt up against each other. So, so what does it look like when we want to claim that someone has hurt us? Like, what, do you, what even does that mean? right? Like, what does that mean? Hurt is a feeling and our feelings come from our thoughts. So can people really hurt us? I don't know. I mean, there, people can physically hurt other people, but as far as, you know, when we teach our kids, oh, did she hurt your feelings? It's not possible for someone to hurt our feelings because our feelings come from what we're thinking. And so when we really break this all down, you know, if we were like, when, whenever I'm having a struggle with somebody and someone's like triggering me and I like, I don't, I always know, Oh, that's a, like, let's examine what's really going on. Let's think, let's figure out what's really happening. Cause this is about you. This is never about the other person. You know, I get out my journal and I start writing and I get a lot of clarity. It, it just, a lot of things come up when you can separate what's going on in your mind from what's at, like, get it down on paper and you can actually really see it. Check right? your reality. You get lots of, yep, you get a, you get a really good reality check. So, so sometimes um, those things, like when, when we think that somebody has hurt us, it's really good to actually separate our facts from our thoughts, which what really happened versus what we're going to say about it. And then mm-hmm. really get clear about like, what does this really look like? And Maybe I hurt me. Maybe I had an expectation and maybe I'm really disappointed because I thought somebody should show up differently than they did. And that's usually what we're talking about. Now, when we're talking about abuse, when we're talking about um, things of that nature, this is the reality. I've, I've learned that, you know, if somebody like, um, I have a dear friend who was severely abused by her uncle. Is Mm -hmm. she going to invite her uncle to Thanksgiving dinner? No, she is not right? It's not healthy. It's, it's just, it's not a good idea to have him over it's to not Thanksgiving safe. dinner. Yeah. It's, also just it's not safe. The safety right. issue. But, but she has been able to do the work to really free herself by forgiving him. And in doing that work, she has completely like, she, she, he has no hold over her. Right. So, so that's really, that's our work to do is to decide, you know, what is this relationship is so everyone has going to have a specific relationship, a a specific, you know, issue, a specific hurt. What does that really look like? What does love feel like for me and for them? What does that look like? And that's where we start. What does love look like 
for both of us in this situation. Because when we can even learn how to love people like that, then then we're really understanding who we really are and what we're capable of. That's really good work to do. Totally. And I don't take it lightly. I don't, I'm not trying to be flippant about this, but, but it is possible. And that is extremely great work to do. We've learned a lot through just talking to that, like forgiveness in general, especially in extreme cases of abuse, like very severe abuse. Like it's not, it's never about them. You may not even involve them in that process. You know, you may not ever have a conversation with that person. I mean, you could have such a chance that someone's in jail for the rest of their, you know, you may never interact. So forgiveness Mm -hmm. is about you and growing closer to the savior. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be fully impacted by that person either in the very, very extreme cases. But I think the problem is, is do we turn away too quickly from someone when it's difficult? See, I like the difficult Mm -hmm. between like, there's such a difference of like a difficult person. They're a difficult, like everybody knows Mm -hmm. a difficult person versus someone who is truly like an unsafe. Hurt them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I mean, I'm glad you're differentiating that. Yeah. One coming from someone who, I mean, on the outside looking in, people could say I had a quote unquote abusive relationship. I don't like to throw that word around for a lot of reasons, but one of them being that I'm trying to really empower myself to say that I was in a relationship that I allowed a lot of behavior because I'm trying Mm -hmm. to be so good about like taking responsibility for myself. Right. Because Mm -hmm. the things he said Mm -hmm. and did would not hurt if I didn't partially believe some of it. Right. Because the things that he did and the things he said were like a mirror Mm -hmm. to the work that I needed to do. And it was showing me where I didn't think those things about myself. Cause if he made a comment, and I did not believe it one bit, it wouldn't be painful. It's like he's, if he walked in and said, Anna, you're a purple cat. This is what I tell my clients all the time. Just purple cat it. Like mm-hmm. if he walked in and said, you're a purple cat, I'd be like, <laughs> cute. No, I'm not. Yeah. Because I don't believe yep. that, right? But when he comes in, he says these things and they are a mirror of my own hatred about myself, then it's like, oh, then it's painful and it's hard. And, and so it has been powerful for me to look at it that way and to allow myself. And even now when things come up to remind myself like, Oh, this is just a reflection of the stuff I got to do. Cause it's not yep. about him. It's and about me. Like you're saying. And how did I create this result and every single result in my life? How do I create all of it? That's, yeah. that's the best work to do. I love that. Tell us about some scriptures that have helped you learn more how to do this. Well, I, freaking love the new testament i i just love it so much i could study it every single day for the rest of my life and not get enough of it i it's the absolute ultimate example of of how to live i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it's full of the the most amazing nuggets of love and compassion and and when when christ asks us like you know to forgive 70 times seven that's like 500 times right it's for us it's not for the other person. It's because he loves us so much that he's like, let go of that weight. I, I want you to keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep forgiving. Yeah, they're going to do what they do, but I want you to have the gift of forgiveness. And so that's why I'm asking you to forgive 70 times seven, not because it's this big chore, mm-hmm. right? Look at the example of how Christ showed up to all the people who thought that he, well, first of all, wasn't the Messiah. Second of all, made his life so miserable and, and third, I mean, they crucified him. They ended up killing him, right? Because he was different. 
-hmm. because he operated in the margins because he showed ultimate love to people and they were so uncomfortable with it. And so just, we can just dig into the new Testament and story after story after story of, you know, love God, love others, love yourself. It's the reason for our existence, period. That's it. That's the reason we're, that's the reason why we're here. And that's why like every day I get to pinch myself that this is, this is the work God has asked me to do in this world is the most important work in the entire world. I just can't believe I get to do this every day. It's, I really, I really can't such a pleasure. (laughs) Let's get into nitty gritty. Give us a couple tips on how to like practically apply this kind of love towards people that are difficult in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is where the, it just gets juicy. I I love, give us all the juice work. I love this work. Okay, so I basically teach people that we have manuals for other people. And the manual is this like imaginary made up book of rules we have for people. And if we could like spiral bind it and hand it to them, and they would comply, wouldn't that be amazing? I would just teach people how to do that. And I'd make a ton of money doing it. But the reality (laughs) is, is nobody wants to obey my manual for them. It's really like, it's so strange. I don't understand. Like, yeah. Rude. It's stupid. People are idiots. Like, listen, I, <laughs> Get know, it together. I know the best way for you to operate. I've even typed it out and I put it in a book for you. And look, it's right. It's all right here. It's the spiral bound. And they just Color? don't like it. Yeah. And the real reason we have manuals for people is so we can feel good. That's really everything we do is so that we can feel good because we think for some reason that we should be feeling good all the time. And so we think that, you know, people should comply. And so here's a few tips. Like, so the thing that I love to do is to help people learn how to throw out the manual and the man, we know we have a manual for people when the word should or shouldn't shows up. So anytime we think people should or shouldn't do something, we know we have a manual from that's like a little red flag. And so what I love to do is people that adults get to do and say whatever they want. They really do. I mean, it seems kind of mind boggling and kind of like, wait, wait, do they like, they can just come in and, and just yell and scream and swear. And and the reality is is they can, they can, if they want to, because you get to do whatever you want to do too. Mm -hmm. And so if we want other people, if we don't want other people to tell us what to do, then we don't get to tell other people what to do. Imagine if somebody put like a brass ring in your nose and just pulled you around wherever they wanted to take you. And you just had to go wherever they wanted you to go and do whatever. Like that's basically what we're doing when we have an, a manual or a should or an expectation for other people. And they don't like it. And neither do we. And so one of the things I like to teach people is um, sometimes I, I think about when I go to the zoo. And the last time I went to the zoo, you know, my, my son was about seven or eight years old. And we went and checked out the monkeys and you know what? The monkeys were picking lice out of each other's hair. It was disgusting, but nobody was like, Oh, the monkey shouldn't be doing that. Or like the <laughs> elephant was chewing with his mouth wide open and no one was freaking out. Like, Oh, that's really rude. We're all trying to just watch you and you're going to just eat right in front of us with your mouth wide open. I mean, the giraffe was pooping in front of us. Nobody cared because they're zoo animals. And so I like to think as people who don't have the tools are kind of like zoo animals. And like, they don't get it. They just don't understand. They haven't been taught. They haven't learned. And so why are we expecting them to be different than they are if they don't even know? Like, because when people know better, they do better. That's the reality. Yeah. And so my second tip is just to decide that everyone is doing their best. Yes. I mean, 
everyone's doing their, I don't know anybody who gets up in the morning is like, you know what, I'm going to um, forget to feed my kids breakfast. And I'm going to totally skip soccer practice on purpose. I'm going to yell at my husband for no reason. Like, I don't know anybody who does that. And even and if so, they did, it still might be their best for the day. It's their best. Well, you and know? you know what's funny is I used to hear this, um, everybody's doing their best. And I would think, oh, no, my mother-in-law's not doing her best. I'm sorry. That's not her best. <laughs> and sorry, then we have I an heard Jody here. Moore. Yeah, we do. We have an exception to this rule. Jody Moore said, you know what? Everybody's doing their best. And sometimes their best is terrible. And I said, yeah. yes, I can get behind that. I yeah. can get behind that all day long. Because sometimes my best is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Like, a lot of times my best is terrible. And if and I can see that in myself, yeah, then I can see that in other people and I can give all of us grace. Yeah. And all matching someone else's value system to your own is really unfair too. Like Futile. Yeah. Futile. Like it, you are going to just butt your head up against the wall. I had a mom text me that like, it's very cold and your children did not put on coats. Are you realizing that? Like the way she said it. And I thought, First of all, of course I realized that. And if you think I didn't have seven conversations with them wearing inappropriate outerwear, <laughs> you're wrong. And then we came to the conclusion that they were going to go anyway and they were going to be very cold. You know, but it was just, it was so funny because- No, was... you're like, actually, I love to torture my kids. You didn't <laughs> yeah, know this? But I just thought, this is so interesting because here's this woman who we just aren't valuing. She's like, I know I have to force my kids into them. And I thought- well, that's, we just value different things. Like I'm not yeah, going to do, do that. that. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, which but which so takes funny. me to, yes, the next point. This is perfect. Um, mm -hmm. It's stay in your own freaking lane. Oh, stay in your own lane. Round of applause. Right? Round right? of applause, like, everyone. There, applause. Are, <laughs> there are three kinds of business. There's my business. There's other people's business. And there's God's business. Stay in your own damn business. Do we need yes. to edit that out? I'm sorry. No, no. So just imagine <laughs> we'll, if you're we'll driving. It. We'll allow it. Okay. Thanks. Thank one exception. I get one word per There's hour. There's a few. If it's you're in lucky the Bible, it was, it's free You're game. lucky it was just that one. Yeah. It's true. It's in the Bible. There's some that should be just fair game. They're in the Bible. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. We're good. Uh -huh. So so the you're reality is, is like, let's imagine. <laughs> if it's biblical, yes. it's fair game. <laughs> I can't. Okay. All right. I'm going to put okay. it together. Uh-huh. Well, let, let me just like, let's take a visual on this. Imagine that you're driving down a road and there's two big fat yellow lines right down the center of the road. There's two lanes on the right side. There's two lanes on the left. And imagine if like you're supposed to be on the right side of the lane and you just take your car across the double lane lines and you go into the other lane. Like you could literally die. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. And so really that's what happens when we get in, we try to get in other people's business. Like we have our own business to worry about. We have plenty on our own. If we're really examining ourselves and looking at our own flaws, right? We're looking at the own beam in our eye. We don't have time to be looking at other people's moats. We don't yeah. have time to get in their lane. I was going to say, if you stay in our own lane. Yeah. If you're staying in a cycle of judgment, this is a really good indication. You are not in your lane. Listen, you can go into other people's lanes if you want, right? Like we're human. We're probably going to do that once in a while, but we can easily, when we catch it, we can redirect like, oh, that's not where I want to be. I'm going to course correct, turn that wheel and get back in my own lane. Okay. The, the last tip I have is a really good one. It's just four words that we don't use near enough. And they're the words I could be wrong. 
because the reality is, is we really don't know anything. Like, I don't know anything. I think I know some things. I've gone to school. I've trained. I've listened to a lot of books on audi- Audible. But the reality <laughs> on tape. is, is... You listen to them on, on tape. VHS. No, tape. I... Did you hear I got it right this time? Yeah, you did. <laughs> but the reality is I could be wrong about all of it. And if I yes. leave space, you know what? Like, I could be wrong. This is just her opinion. I can handle, I can tolerate people's opinion. It's just their opinion. And they could be wrong and I could be wrong. We could all be right about it and we could all be wrong about it. And it just gives you this, like, freedom to have this fluid, just like, let's just examine this with curiosity unconditional curiosity is i could be wrong yeah and it's a really cool place to be in and it's it gives people permission to show up exactly how they are without you taking offense to it and when you don't take offense to other people's opinions your life is so much better so much better you're free and she also taught me that sometimes we have to go into a conversation that we know is uncomfortable. And I had one recently and she, her best advice was you're going to have to go sit naked on an ice couch. And that's uncomfortable. <laughs> but you lean in girl. That. Just lean in. lean in. You lean Ooh. into that nudity on an ice couch and you just, you just do it. And you just get in there and you do it. And you know what? I friggin' sat on the ice couch, friggin' naked. Yeah. And I got through yeah, it did. and I am a friggin' And you powerhouse. sink into it. You don't just like, you don't just sit on the couch. You sink into it like it's your friend. And when you can do that, you can own the world if you want. If you're really, if you know how to be uncomfortable, true. there is nothing you can't have, including amazing, amazing relationships. Yeah. Those four words give you a vulnerability to, to like, to accept and love everybody where they're at because the yep. truth, it's a hundred percent fact that you definitely could be wrong. <laughs> even if you're only wrong to that other person even if that only Mm -hmm. like that the way that person sees the world and the way you see your world we're both working from different schemas so like Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to see it from their point of view I probably am wrong you know that's right that's right on some level right I'm I'm wrong on at least some level sure and it doesn't have to I don't think it undermines even how I feel no I just not because I can still feel exactly how I feel and sit in that place and I go okay I get it for you like I'm wrong Mm -hmm. I I you don't see it the way I see it is you know is I guess what I'm trying to say but it's there's a freedom of just going like that's okay like we're in different spaces we're in different areas and like I also just love being in a place where like my mind's always in a little bit of discord like because it feels like yeah, it's growing, yes. you know, that's so, right. Like, I that's love, right. I, I love, that's one thing I love about the gospel that we have now is like, there is so much open space that we don't have answers to. And that used to make me uncomfortable as a youth, but like, now I'm mm. like, I love it. Like when I find a place mm. where I'm in discord, I'm going, that's mm-hmm. a, wait a minute, mm-hmm. do I, what do I think about that? For Agreed. sure. And especially when we're not looking at the word wrong as like bad or shameful. Yeah. Because exactly what you guys are saying right because I know that in the past when thinking I could be wrong just spiraled into oh there I go again being the worst person on planet earth you know when we can look at it differently and look at the way you guys are talking about that this is a space to just be a critical thinker to just examine things just to like notice and be aware and not come to any conclusions right away it's a different headspace Mm -hmm. than 
shame and, you know, that I'm this terrible person. And absolutes and too. And absolutes. Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutes yeah. just get us in trouble, right? Like it creates this mm-hmm. like contention and we yeah. know that conflict mm-hmm. is not a problem. Contention's a problem. And we create mm-hmm. contention within ourselves and we're in that absolute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Minda, you are. Oh. Minda. Minda. Well we done. We love you. <laughs> Woman, can I can I just read one little part of this journal entry that I found on this journey? Yes, it's please. just short and sweet, but it really sums up this work that I've done. It says, "I've learned some really valuable lessons on this journey, things I couldn't have learned any other way. I've removed some of the fear I've been hanging on to my entire life. Through all of it, I keep hearing the kindest whisper, just trust me. So I wake up every morning and I just trust I hardly recognize this person I'm becoming, but I'm starting to really love her. And that is what this work does is it's great practice for us to learn how to love ourselves. Because when we learn how to love ourselves, like we've got it, that's, that is the secret sauce, love ourselves, love God and love other people. It's the secret. It's the secret to life. Secret to all the universe. Preach hallelujah, amen to that. The more work I have done on learning to be good to me, the more freedom I have felt, the more peace I have felt, the more I have felt fulfilled. And listen, I never Mm -hmm. thought, I never, ever thought I could feel peaceful and fulfilled as a single person. I never Mm -hmm. thought that was possible. I spent Mm -hmm. so many years compromising myself and Mm -hmm. Minda and I have unpacked this conversation many times as of me and Julie. I've compromised myself Mm -hmm. so many times over the years to try to find that love. And I never, ever thought that I could be single and not have any interest in any particular man and be okay and be yeah. fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And because of this type of work, I am, I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I have great things in my life. I know that one day mm-hmm. there will be a man for me. And in the meantime, I am just kicking a and taking names. Like I am just living my life and happy and free. And Minda has taught me so much. And I'm so grateful you spent time with us today uh, Minda, tell us a little bit about how our listeners can find more from you and how they can work with you, all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm at allinlifecoach.com. And right now I have a really great freebie. So it's a five-day challenge. And it'll come like it's a three-minute video that'll come to your inbox every day for five days. And it'll just teach you how to navigate these difficult relationships. And it's, I mean, it's some really good work. If you stick with it, you'll, you'll surprise yourself at the end of day five. So it's really, it's good stuff. That's awesome. I love it. Friends, thanks for being here and we'll catch you next week. If you want to learn more about how to use gospel principles to strengthen your relationships, I'm a relationship coach and I would be honored to work with you. Contact me through Instagram at HeyAnnieJoy or my website, AnnieJoy.com.